seriously popular. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In today's episode... Did Sheffield United chuck it? Why Gabriel Jesus isn't elite? And refs, what are you doing? I'm Ian Ladyman. I'm Chris Sutton. And it's all kicking off. Chris, Sheffield United nil, Newcastle eight. Yeah, uh... Totally embarrassing for Sheffield United. I did a, uh, a refereeing experiment in Oxfordshire a few months back and uh, refereeing an under-14 game. And at 8-0, they have this mercy rule where, uh, where, where the team can say, um, you know, this isn't going to be a league game and, and decide whether they carry on or not. It got that bad yesterday. Of course, it's the Premier League and that's not possible, but that's how embarrassing it was. You and you and refereeing is an image that I, that we need to come back to at some point, but we're not we're not going to go down that avenue now. I w- I've been away this weekend, as as you know, I was in Madrid. Oh, did you have a nice time? I did, thank you. Um, spent an awful lot of time inside tapas bars, as you can tell from my pasty. Any ham on? Tasted, sorry, ham on. Ham on what? Ham Madrid. on toast. Oh, ham on, ham on, <laughs> ham on. You mean ham on? Well, that's uh, um, that's uh, that's what I said. So, yes, Sheffield, embarrassing. <laughs> Sheffield United, um, embarrassing. So I, on the way home, I was, um, the point of this is, we're looking at the score on my phone when I got off the plane. And it was one of those where I'm, every time I refreshed the screen on my phone, they seemed, Newcastle seemed to have scored another goal. And it get, got to that point where I just started thinking, please just stop scoring now. Because if it gets to 9, 10, this is just going to be off the scale. And Paul Heckenbottom, the Sheffield United manager, will never recover. Yeah, and do you know what I thought, Paul Heckingbottom losing in that manner? I thought he was lucky to survive the evening because that you know, wow. that's an embarrassing result. Um, don't know what you're saying. Wow, it's it's the way football is nowadays. I mean, my my, my overall view on Paul Heckingbottom is uh, I thought he did a brilliant job getting Sheffield United up. They've had you know an embargo. Um, they sold the best players uh, over the summer and it's an impossible task but we know the nature of the game nowadays the short termism uh, and that approach from uh, club owners if you lose like that you just wonder you know what the morale is like within the, the dressing room well that's, that is the, that is the takeaway from this isn't it Regardless, if we presume for this moment that Heckenbottom is still in charge and will still be in charge this week because, but he, said, he, said, because, he said to Craig Hope uh, when Craig interviewed him after the game he was 100% certain he'd still be in a yeah, job yeah but the one person 
in the one person at that football club who won't know whether he's going to be in the job this week is Paul Heckingbottom and Paul Heckingbottom will know that if he believes is that safe then he's probably deluded. Craig Hope writing um, his match report in today's verdict described Sheffield United as being looking more like a championship team than they did when they were in the championship. Um, do you do you think the players have have chucked it in? Do you think they're do you think they're playing like they believe in their manager? Because they didn't look like that to me. Well, well, I, I I, you know, I, I don't think we have to just uh, put all this on Paul Heckingbottom. They looked like they didn't believe in themselves. Uh, you know, and in the collective, uh, and you know that was that was the biggest thing. What do we know as the manager who always yeah. carries the can from this? I mean, I've been involved in some pretty horrific defeats, which you've probably googled. Well, uh, it's funny that you should say. Player, go on. It's funny that you should say that because last night I did have a look at uh, an old, some old grainy footage. It was in colour. Were you were uh, you were you up all night googling? Chris Sutton embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, there's an awful lot of them out there. Uh, uh, so Blackburn 7, Norwich 1, you were playing for Norwich 31 years ago. It's all out there. I was a young man. Tell me about it. Um, we, I mean, yeah, we, so we go to Blackburn and they were a side on the up, weren't they? Where they just, Jack Walker had gone in and they were getting it together. Shearer was uh, playing up top. I think Tim Sherwood, Gordon Cowens, who was a, who was a good player, scored a brilliant free Correct. kick, I, if I remember rightly in the game. Roy Wegley. Um, we'll come back to that. Yeah. Uh, but we'd, we'd actually got off to a bit of a flyer that season. So it's slightly different to, uh, yeah. to, to, to Sheffield United, but, but we had a really. <laughs> a really strange mentality because we feared nobody and it didn't you know we, we took we took some heavy beatings that whole season but seemed to have this sort of attitude well we don't care we we sort of had faith in the way that we played and knew we'd bounce back we actually that was the that was the inaugural premier league season am i right in saying i think it was you, the, you, the, the, yeah it was the inaugural premier league right. season we ended up and i was sent to half in that game at, at um at Blackburn, we ended up with a negative goal difference that season, mainly, mainly largely down to me. I'll get there before you do. But Ian Butterworth was captain that day um, for Norwich City, and I learned a lesson that day because after the game, he went out to all you boys in the press and uh, basically laid the blame on me, sort of saying, "Well, um, I told Chris Sutton to keep his head up." Uh, after you. that performance, I remember Shearer sitting him on his backside on the track on the far side of the pitch. Yeah, he, he sort of put me in a bit because I was the younger, yeah. the younger player. Which uh, so I learned, you know, that, that's where I sort of uh, learned that I need to toughen so up a had, bit so, and, and so start and start blaming everybody else. Which good, that's what good players. So your do. captain just essentially outed you. Has been has been yeah. responsible for that defeat. <laughs> no, he, he may have he may have well been right in parts, but right. uh, and we've been we've been talking quite a lot on this pod recently about whether players have got thick skins or thin skins. Well, I presume back then you had to have a pretty thick one. Yeah, what well, I said, you know, but but these things, you know, that's the old uh, team spirit thing, isn't it? Everybody says, you know, when teams are doing well, oh, the spirit within the dressing room is fantastic. Everybody gets on, and we know, you know, when 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 things start to go the other way then as, as each person for itself isn't it blame to, culture I have to say that that you, you you made the point in passing there you played centre half in that game because you were a centre half a young centre half at, the, at that point and um, <laughs> I mean Shearer absolutely uh, tore you all to pieces that day from what I can see on the on the footage 
you, I mean, you, I'm obviously looking out for you quite <laughs> a lot. Where are you going with this? You're, 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 you, you, I, can see you, I can see you had like a big whenever you came little into beaming sh- face Whenever, whenever you on. came into shot, you never seemed to be quite where I would expect you to be as a, <laughs> as a centre-half, <laughs> i.e. somewhere near the bloke who's about to score a goal. Mm. You also had this expression on your face like a bloke who just missed the bus. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And in the second half, yeah. Shearer goes running through the middle. It was already about four nil at this point. Shearer, we were, well, I think we were throwing bodies Shearer forward goes then. Running through the middle, you're kind of ambling, ambling after him. You no, that, no, that was a sprint. You essentially rugby tackle him to the ground. These days, uh, you would you would have been sent off. And then you stand up and start arguing with arguing with Shearer. Don't know what you were saying to him. I, I can't remember that. I, I, I doubt I would have been sent off. I think you've misread that interpretation. No, you've been on the other end of it as well, of course. Uh, Celtic six, Rangers two. Mm. Which, just, 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 just quickly, a, yeah. uh, a game uh, or a season where a little bit more relevant for Sheffield United was mm. the season ninety six, ninety seven for Blackburn, where we didn't win in our first 10, 11 games. Yeah. It only takes one moment to sort of change a season, one particular game. And that's that's what the Sheffield United players, I think, have to really uh, believe in, that things can change. I mean, you know, they'll, they'll get up this morning mm-hmm. and, you know, feel really down and dejected and they'll have those doubts and that lack of belief. But So we, we lost, uh, not lost the first, I think we had four points from 11 games, 96-97. And uh, we ended up playing Liverpool at home and we uh, we beat them 3-0 and our performance was a performance of real uh, intensity we had a midfield uh, trio of uh, Tim Sherwood, Gary Flitcroft and uh, and Billy McKinley and we, we just basically made our minds up to be so super aggressive I played up front on my own, we had Kevin Gallagher buzzing in and around us we had sort of, uh, I think, better players than Sheffield United with respect players who had won the Premier League a couple of seasons before. But it only took that one victory against Liverpool to make us really believe again. We knew that we had good players within the dressing room. But Sheffield United, you know, they, they, they certainly aren't in a position where they should feel that they are relegated off the back of that one defeat, albeit, you know, they've had a poor start to the season, but that was expected. But I, but I think that is the point. You say that but Blackburn, you believed and you knew you had good players in the dressing room. Sheffield United has an awful lot of players missing yesterday. I think eight or nine players missing. But, but, they, but, so, but, so, but so you say so you say eight or nine players missing. Name name like a top quality player no, they were missing then. We're gonna no, we're gonna move out of this section. We're gonna move move out of this section. But I will say that I think when they look around that dressing room even when they've got a full complement, I don't know if deep in their hearts they will really think that they are good enough. Because at the moment, they look like they're not. Now, tell me about Celtic 6, Rangers 2, when you're on the other side of the coin, your old firm derby, you scored two goals. The first one looked offside. Um, oh, I was offside. Yeah, I thought so. But what, I mean, that's a different side of it. What a lift it can do. Mm. How will Newcastle be feeling today when you've, when you've been through something like that? Eight different scorers yesterday. Eight different goals. Yeah, uh, amazing. I didn't. I didn't doubt Newcastle. Um, where <laughs> we know that we know the nature of the game and the short-termist approach these days. Where they'd had a difficult start to the season. They'd lost a few games. European competition came along. You were in Milan, mm-hmm. and they didn't. They didn't perform greatly. But no. actually, the the result was a. I think a brilliant result mm. for them, and they showed a bit of a different side to them. But I never doubted Eddie Howe's team. I didn't think they were going to win the Premier League this season, but I think the signings which he's made gives them greater strength in depth. And and the way that the team played last season, I think that they will tear a strip off a good few teams this season. But when you came out of that old firm game, I mean, scored two on your debut, won six two. Do you then feel 
just like a super powerful footballer who can just do anything? Is that what it does to your it's, confidence? It's it's about belief. The 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 difference uh, between ourselves and uh, Celtic back then and Newcastle is I think Rangers had won the the league by twenty one points the previous season, and that was our first game against them. Mm. We'd won every game, they'd won every game. You go into these games, you don't know. We, we knew that they were a good team. We knew that we had some good players. But, but and it's Martin O'Neill's first uh, Celtic Rangers game as well. But in terms of the psychological belief that gave us within the dressing room, that was mm. massive. Not that we would shout the mouths off outside the dressing room and say we were going to go on to win mm. the league, but we knew that we had dealt a really big blow. And and more importantly, I think for the whole football club. For the uh, for the supporters, for the staff within the club, there was that belief, and that was the start of the momentum. Which essentially, that result, not saying has taken Celtic to where they are today, but that was a huge moment in Celtic's recent history. The, the TV commentary that that day called you the hero of the East End of Glasgow. I bet you had a night out that night, didn't you? No, just, hang, just hang, no, hang, no. Back back home, pasta, hanging, hang, massage, hang, hanging, hanging on to Henrik Larsson's coattails to get, to get into the best nightclubs. I bet you, I bet, I bet that was absolutely. He, you well, he, he he couldn't go out because he was like John Lennon. One of the other big games yesterday, um, North London derby. We talked on our little in between show. It's all coming up last week about that. I was telling you then about how much I didn't want to miss it. I really feel now like I'm still quite upset that I missed it. It looked like a. It looked like a superb game. Who was the who was the moral victor from that then? Two all. Tottenham, really? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, in truth, going into the game, I thought Arsenal would just have a little bit too much for them. Of course, Arsenal were hampered by injuries. Declan Rice going off was a was a big blow. But th- this was this was Tottenham's toughest test by a stretch this season. Uh, I thought Arsenal had the better of the first half with the way that they 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 pressed Tottenham. But I said before, Postecoglou is fascinating the way his his uh, his teams go about playing, and they have this belief, and he insists they play out from the back. And you know they didn't get up the pitch too many times in the first half, but they they had their moments, important moments, just uh, after Arsenal scored on a, on a couple of occasions. The longer the game went on and towards the end of the game, I thought Madison going off, they just lacked that little bit of crea- creativity. But I thought Tottenham might nick it, you, you know, at the end. So I, I think that's a massive not a massive blow for Tottenham and Arsenal but if I was an Arsenal fan where in previous seasons you think this Tottenham team are miles mm. behind Harry Kane and all but uh, you know now I'd be looking over my shoulder slightly worried and a, and a, a totally predictable selection in the Arsenal goal I, I noticed yeah so I mean you, I knew you'd bring this up uh, so you're basically saying you are right about David yeah. Raya. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm so, so this season when they've both been on the uh both been in the squad, what's the what are the Raya's number one, Ramsdale's number two. Yeah, but they've played three games each. Yeah, and Ramsdale's been dropped. Let's just see how this pans out. Last week last week you said about you would eat your northern clogs, didn't you? And you you're, 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 you're lucky you're, you're lucky you've not got them here today, yeah. but there will be a time, I guarantee you, you will be munching I'm not, on those clogs. I'm not, and I will take great satisfaction with that. I'm not saying that Ramsdale will never play another minute for Arsenal. In fact, he'll play, I'm sure he'll play this week in the League Cup against Brentford. And I think that will uh, that will underline, unfortunately for him, his new status. No more as Premier Ars- League football. I'd be surprised unless Raya, unless Raya loses an awful lot of form or gets injured. I'd be surprised. I would be surprised. Now, mm. um, that, that selection has been the subject of some debate over the last few days. Um, yesterday, after 
David Ray made a particularly good save. Ramsdale was shown applauding quite, um, should we say, uh, enthusiastically, generously from the substitutes bench. Um, <laughs> is is that, that that's sort of the only way you the can, seat, the can seat, applaud? The seat it? with his name on. Um, and Jamie Carragher on the TV had something to say about that. I thought it was at the Oscars, you know, when someone doesn't uh, loses the Oscar and they start clapping and smiling for the other person. Uh, I mean, I was laughing when I saw that. He's absolutely devastated, that really. <laughs> I think Jamie's point there is that um, Ramsdale's applause were maybe slightly exaggerated to try and show that he was being the, the better man. But if he was, then fair play to him. Um, now, Alan Ramsdale's father was taken to Twitter uh, to respond to that. Um, you're a disgrace, he said to uh, Ramsdale Senior. Said to Carragher, "Show some class, my lad has." So that one could. Yeah, and no, I've got to. I've got to say, um, I actually thought there was a, a a good moment for for Ramsdale, and and actually Arsenal just to, just to show they're together. Look, they're two good goalkeepers. It's competitive. Uh, look, he may have felt sick while he's doing it. But I thought it was a you know a good thing for for, for for you know what for football fans across the world to see that you know a, a guy who's devastated he's he's out, uh, you know out of the team but just saying well do you know what I respect the the save which he uh, made that's okay isn't it answer me this honestly if you're on, if you're on the bench you're a centre forward and you've been and you've been dropped and you're on the bench and the guy who replaces you scores a worldie what's going through your mind uh, well I'm probably not going to play the next game but. You, you can still applaud you brilliance, mean, can't would, you? Would you mean it? Would you mean it? Or would you be thinking, you, oh, yes, that's me? But, 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 but you, can, you, you can still applaud the action and that moment and say, well done, that's brilliant, and be sick for yourself. It, it doesn't have to be one or the other, right, this, so, does so, it? Right, no, that's, that's what I'm getting at. I'm not sure if I could be big enough. I think I think well, uh, no. <laughs> I think I think if it was me, I think I would be like not the oh, first time I've heard that. No, I think I, would, I think I would struggle with that. I think I would struggle with that. Putting the team ahead of my own career is quite a hard thing to do, surely. Um, you just want to play, don't you? It, yes, you do. But I don't. I wouldn't have a. I don't have issues with with stuff like that. Honestly, I I, no, I, no. I, I, I I think you have to be big enough. To, to separate both, and I think I think Ramsdale did that yeah. really, really well. Because do you know what? Had he sat there, glum faced, there would have been the scrutiny on him. Oh, look, you know, um, Ray, 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 is, Ray has made a brilliant save, and Ramsdale's not happy for him. That, they they hate each other. That is a very, very good point. Now we put I put this out to Twitter last night to ask people whether they think Arteta has made the right choice in replacing uh, Ramsdale, who everybody seemed to think had a decent season last time round. And it was, you know what, a lot of the response was actually quite negative. Uh, MP at Guna says, too early to tell, but Rayo was far from convincing today. Simon Miller on Twitter also said, I don't think Arteta needed to bring in a new keeper. Ramsdale was doing fine. Now, quickly into Tottenham. Uh, Madison is looking like one of the best signings of the summer. Very quick on James Madison. It was quite, it was quite a quiet transfer. There was so much else going on in the market. But he's really, he's really making his mark on that team. He has. I know you would have uh, David Raya as signing of the summer, but <laughs> uh, but no, he has done. And um, you know, with the creativity which he brings, I, I think it was slightly telling when um, when Madison went off. Tottenham just lacked that cut and thrust mm. and that um, cleverness. But uh, he's been phenomenal, hasn't he? He's playing with um, joy. 
He's playing with freedom. And he, he always can, has uh, done though, hasn't he? He has, he has done, but he's also had periods when he's, well, he had a period at Leicester when he wasn't playing that well. He was left out of a couple of England squads, but he just looks to be in the right environment. That's what I'm trying to get at at the moment. He looks to be the heart and soul of that Tottenham team already. He's only been there two months. Mm. Um, but that's playing under Ange Postacoglu, isn't it? Who, who doesn't enjoy playing under Ange Postacoglu? Bissouma yesterday. I mean, in the mail, he got a rating of 5.5. I mean, were we watching a different game? I was like, he was he was phenomenal. Him, him and Saar this season, players who were, you know, uh, last season weren't getting a game. You, you were always very sensitive to player ratings when you were playing, I, I'm, I'm told. You used to pin things up on the kitchen wall and things, didn't you? No. Kind of naming and shaming I, I journalists. Used to, I used to th- throw not just darts at you, spears. <laughs> Hold that thought. We'll be back right after this. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> Now, listen, I want to, this is a topic here that I really want to get into. We talked about uh, James Madison. He did have a great game. Um, there was that moment where he lost a ball on the edge of his own penalty area to Gabriel Jesus at 1-0 to Arsenal. Jesus puts it over the bar. Yeah. So are you going to jump on the Jesus mm. bandwagon mm. now and he doesn't score enough mm. goals? Mm. I am, yeah, exactly and bring that. out his stats from Manchester City where, where he played him in, in, in the wide areas at, at, and actually was... You know, really important part of Manchester City's success. He's not an elite striker. Okay. Well, t- tell us, tell us something in terms of his numbers, which which we don't know. But well, it, it's it, it's what his quality is to the Arsenal team, and I don't think that. Well, I mean, maybe you do doubt that uh, Arsenal haven't improved since Jesus has been part of that team. I think they have. I'm I'm not going to totally disagree with your mm. point about the the goal scoring and. You know, had they had a, a you know a, a, a Shearer from way back or a mm. Kane or somebody like that, they would be a different a different outfit, but, wouldn't they? But that's kind of my point, and I'm not saying that Gabriel Jesus should be nowhere near an Arsenal shirt. That would that would be ridiculous. What I'm saying is that I'm not sure that they have an. Well, I am sure that they don't have an elite striker. Mm. They don't have an elite striker, and I wonder whether the when the ultimate aim is to try and usurp Manchester City who do have an elite striker, whether they can do it without one. That That's kind of my point. Yeah. That's my point. And do, you know. it, I mean, this season is, is, is strange, I think, because everybody I speak to, I mean, we won't even mention Manchester City on this pod because they, you know, they, so they, 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 are, they are so good. But nobody really believes that anybody can challenge Manchester City do they? I mean, we, no. we, we, we don't. And, and, and this is, you know, we're, we're, mm. we're talking about 
you know the Arsenal striker situation last season. Arsenal were were brilliant. A lot was made about their summer signings, and when you make high profile signings, it's about going to the next level. And I was always slightly wary. I thought they were, you know, decent signings on the face of them, mm. but could they close the gap on Manchester City? And that doesn't seem to be the case. But a lot of that is down to Manchester City's incredible true. start. Very true, but. Gabriel Jesus was bought by Manchester City to to be a long-term replacement for Sergio Aguero and it, it didn't work. I remember interviewing him when he first came and there was so much fuss about him, so much expectation and it didn't work. He, he couldn't even get Aguero out of the team and Guardiola eventually sold him. Guardiola doesn't sell elite footballers, does he? He doesn't make money. He doesn't make money mistakes. People could argue that Jinchenko to Arsenal might have been a mistake. I don't know if it was really. Well, Gundogan at the end of yeah. his career. Yeah, but, 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 but he wants to move and Mahrez wants to move. Yeah, fair but enough. But in terms of moving players out, he moved Sterling out to Chelsea. That's not turned out to be a mistake. I'm just not sure yeah, that Jesus is that person. I'm not sure his numbers are quite good enough. Um, but, but we will see. Um, now, we have had... Um, every, every week on this, this pod, you laugh at me when I... When I talk to the camera and ask for feedback and you're like uh, a young uh, Gary Lineker <laughs> exactly I'm not that young um, and we do get some feedback and this was one from David on Apple Podcasts who said I've never held Chris Sutton in much regard due oh. to his Blackburn days and especially seeing him and his Chelsea's, Chelsea team destroy Man United 5-0 at Stamford Bridge in October 1999 but this is a breath of fresh air to hear, to hear two presenters with sometimes differing opinions. So Chelsea five, Manchester United sometimes. nil. Sometimes did you actually get on the? We actually get on the field for that one. Yeah, got, do you know I got on the score sheet? That was my one Premier League goal. Terrific. That's a is a massive, massive game for uh, Chelsea five nil against Manchester and, United. Um, yeah, why well, don't remember it? Why don't I remember that? I actually don't remember it. Mm. What, what, why don't well, I, I don't know that? obviously you know you, I still don't know which team you support you know it obviously isn't Chelsea it's not Manchester United it's not Wigan neither do I Wigan do you oh so remember Tony mm. Kelly from last week we talked about Tony Kelly you, you asked me last week who uh, which you tried to trip me up asking me which Wigan players I remembered from their kind of long non-league days and I said talked about Tony Kelly mm. kind of kind of quite his chubby uh, midfielder um, Joey Barton's uncle didn't know right. that Joey Barton's uncle right Chelsea, we mentioned, we mentioned, we mentioned. Oh, are we going to have a useless fact we, we element to this podcast? We mentioned pod Chelsea. They are now in the middle of their worst start to a top flight season since 1978. Yeah. Um, After six games. Did six games, did we expect more uh, from Pochettino yes. and his team? Yeah, I, th- I think we did. Uh, did he have a lot to contend with? Absolutely. There, there comes a time when he starts needing to get results. But you know, with saying that, I mean they're not they're not in a position. It's not Abramovich who is the owner, where there's the possibility if if he was the owner of Pochettino. Well, it wasn't, Abram- wasn't Abramovich who sacked Graham Potter after a week and a half? No, but this but this is six games, yeah, sure. and, uh, and and Graham Potter had yeah. had seven months. And now you you know, I, you know, I, I, I was with you with with Graham Potter, and and I'm I'm pretty consistent uh, with my view on managers and and getting uh, long enough time to develop a team, and you know, getting a couple of transfer windows in, and and it, you know, it doesn't change with Pochettino. He does need time, but he does need results because his biggest issue, I suspect, will be. The Chelsea support and and them getting on his back. You know, if there's a hundred yeah. Chelsea supporters banging on the doors outside the uh, 
the ground, then it, you know it's not an issue. Is that if there's five thousand one yeah. big amount, then then well, there is. Well, they, they were. I'm with you. It's far too early to talk about Pochettino's future. He's a, he's, a, he's a tried and tested, successful football manager. But they were they were booed off, um, and they have. The, and the, the, the Chelsea statistics are quite frightening. They've won twice in the Premier League since Graham Potter uh, was sacked. Um, there are now there are now been thirteen games in the Premier League in 2023 in which they have not scored, um, and then you sent the forward Nicholas Jackson, who we know has kind of had problems getting off the mark, etc. Has now been booked five times. He's been booked five times without, and none of those bookings have been for a foul. Four have been for dissent, and then one yesterday for obstructing mm. the goalkeeper. So he's got gobby then. Well, that's a discipline issue. That's a discipline issue. And that so comes it, back to the manager, right? Uh, yes, yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised at that. So I don't often get the stats right, but but there's been a lot chucked around about Chelsea. The most telling uh, stat which uh, I think about Pochettino and where he does have to answer to is in his team selection in the Premier League this season, he's had eight, eight uh, players who have started each game, uh, those six games, mm-hmm. those six Premier right. League games. So he's got eight, so, he's so, eight regulars. Yeah, eight, eight regulars. Mm. Should Would it be reasonable for Chelsea fans to expect the team to be playing better and finding their rhythm? I think so. It, there's That's been the, there, There's been the odd injury, mm. but it's not like one of those because just, I looked at this last night, I thought that, you know, Chelsea maybe had chopped and changed too much with their starting 11, mm. which always gives the manager a bit of an out. That That's not been the case. So you look at the team and you think, you know, this is one hell of an expensive development team. And that's what Chelsea are. They're trying to to um, trying to uh, contend with other big clubs at the top of the Premier League table. And they are a development team, essentially, with Thiago Silva, who's still playing pretty well. The aging player, but then Pochettino says that said after the game they have to they have to grow up, which I think he meant they have to be kind of mentally tougher. But that's it's a young team, so you you either you either go one way or the other. You either go with experience or you go with youth. If you go with youth, it seems a bit harsh to then expect them to grow up. They're learning on the job, Mm, uh, you know, trying to build an airplane while flying it, as they say. Yeah, and uh, you know, all comes down though, doesn't it, to to Todd Bowley and what his expectations. Uh, were when he first went in. Now Pochettino's in, in, and how long he's going to give Pochettino to develop? But but you know what do we do now from Todd Bowley last season? Last season was a total mishmash. I mean it was a you know, nobody knew what was going on. Least of all Todd Bowley. But this season things have settled down somewhat. Um, you know off the off the pitch, and there's been a few uh, players uh, incoming. But they need to find form and find it quickly. We spoke on last week's Thursday pod about uh, I think I used the phrase the virus of uncertainty or something that was spreading mm. through the Manchester United team it looks like that at Chelsea now because you've got a player like like Sterling who started the season really well and now all of a sudden he can't convert a simple one-on-one opportunity either and that would be a, that would be a worry for me if I was Pochettino instead of going upwards it's going down it's going the wrong way already yeah and you know it's about finding a way isn't it but you know Touched on earlier, my my playing experiences. It's yeah. a, it, it can turn in one game, one one moment. You know they, they've got some tough games coming up, but you know I wouldn't wouldn't totally write Chelsea off. Bit of feedback from some of our listeners, Peter on Twitter. Um, with that squad of players, there's no excuse. Tim on Twitter, give him till the end of the season, get them relegated. Think he might be a 
West Ham or a Spurs supporter. Um, Paul on Twitter, Poch sold his soul for the Chelsea job. No sympathy. Oh, come on. Hampton 2848 on Instagram, the owners have blown billions of pounds on utter rubbish. That's the problem. Now, I'll tell you what's the problem. Referee, referees are a problem. I tend to see myself as broadly supportive of referees. We've, we've, we've talked on... <laughs> I do, though. We've talked... Do you want to just think about your last two sentences, then? I tell you what. I tell you what the problem is. Referees are the problem. Yeah, I support referees. Look, I never, ever, ever suggested I was going to come on the show and be consistent. But I, I, I do have sympathy for referees generally. Um, I think it's a very, very difficult job. However, this weekend felt like a low to me. To, to me, um, I mean, let's look at let's look at the red cards. Look at look at the red cards. So, Rod Rodri sent off red card right for what was essentially. A bit of pushing and shoving. It's a red, red right? card. That's right. a that's a red card. T- tell me why that's not a red card. Because I think it's board. I think it's borderline because they're just they're barging each other. He barging each other. He, gets, he, he grabs. He grabs Morgan Gibbs White by the throat. And that's and that's the issue. Yes, he did. He didn't. Yes, he, he didn't did. You were you were in a tapas bar in Madrid. Okay, he grabbed so, him by the throat. I wasn't totally convinced about that one. Though. I can see why he was sent off. Chelsea, Tamalo Gusto is sent off for, for what in your day would have been applauded as a brilliant tackle. Takes the ball, takes the ball first, and then and then there's a bit of kind of follow through. It's a yellow at most. And then you have Niketia. I'll be quite careful what I say here for once. Niketia for Arsenal, the challenge on the Tottenham goalkeeper Didn't challenge was him. as bad as anything I've seen this season. And it doesn't even go to VAR. It was Disgusting that challenge, disgusting. I'm I'm not with you. I mean you you've gone overboard. Disgusting. He didn't he didn't really clean him out, did he? Didn't he didn't he didn't catch him? You're talking about he didn't you, clean you're, him out. You're talking about intent, aren't you? Really? I'm not. I'm not suggesting. I'm not going to sit here and suggest that Nketiah had any intent in his mind. I don't know that. I don't know that. I don't, and I would hope that he didn't. But that challenge it was shocking and that is the type of challenge that when it goes wrong like that can lead to devastating yeah, so, injury. So, so when it goes on, when it when it goes when it goes wrong mate when it when it, you, when it goes it? wrong i've Even, seen it yeah i saw it uh, uh, what yeah. so what not red card i thought he, well he missed him didn't he he, he called him but he but he didn't he didn't he didn't catch him with his right leg, did he? His right leg was high, but he didn't catch him, and that would have, that would have been why he was. You know let why? Off. I didn't, you know why? You know why the goalkeeper didn't get injured? Because he was lucky. He was lucky. Well, he Some, was. Uh, he was lucky. Well, he wasn't. Day, and Ketia knew what he was doing. So, so, he, he, he missed him on purpose. He missed him on purpose. So why doesn't that go to? I mean, I don't even know what that means. Why? Why is that not gone subjective, to VAR? Why is that not gone to VAR? Why have they not even had a look at that? But I've got sympathy for the referees because. Um, because these are subjective calls, so we've 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 disagreed on a couple. I agree with you on the gusto one, mm. and then you know we get onto the handballs. Yeah. So, but but you've got yeah they are subjective, but you've got the option to get you've got the option to get help. But they so get but, help. But but uh, with the gusto one, the referee went to the monitor, didn't he? Which yeah. which would well, that really surprise me? But it but but at least because remember last season, um, referees weren't going to the monitor. And you know, sending players off, this, that, and the other. At least, at least the referees are going, and we we might disagree with with the way the referee sees it, but at least they're going to look for themselves. So there isn't there isn't right. that Mich- issue. Mikel Arteta should have Nketiah into his office this morning and sit him down and show him that video. 
I used to say to him, don't ever do that again. Do not ever do that again. Because that, I, I am, as you can tell, quite cross about that challenge. You cannot, players cannot get away with that type of stuff. They cannot get away with that. And and because of the, because of the failures of the officials at yesterday's game, that tackle now will be watched by people. And let's, I suppose, say that really obvious thing. It'll be watched by he, kids. He, hang he, on, hang on. It'll be watched by kids and people will think it's okay. And it's not okay. It is were not you, okay. Were you watching a different incident to no. me? He thought he could win the ball and then... Ball was gone he, miles, miles. Right. So you've also then got the um, penalty not given at Sheffield United for the trip on Anthony Gordon. Okay, they were already winning comfortably by then. And Again, to Anthony Gordon, what though, is that right? Yeah, ag- agree with you. But Anthony Gordon is and, notorious for being a bit of a diver. So I think that that's in the back that, but, of some referees' minds. But I agree with you. But you, well, well, that's just... That is just abysmal. That is that is refereeing with a preconceived bias. You well, can't don't do dive. That. Let, you let, can't let's do that. let's stop people diving. Right, then. the handballs, two handballs. So the Luton one, the Algomas of Wolves, the ball hits his leg, deflects up onto his hand, which I think is, which I'm pretty sure is is in the by the letter of the law, does not a handball if it deflects off another part of your body. So explain that one to me. I agree. Right, it gives Luton the, it gives Luton a point that everyone thinks, oh, it's fine because it gives Luton a point, and we all want Luton to do well. It's not fine. It's not fine. And the and finally the Arsenal one. You're an angry little man. You're on one. Is this what? This what two days in Madrid does to you? Sangria. Eh? Sangria. You know, you know, like nobody, nobody, oh, nobody under the age of seventy-five drinks sangria. You know that, don't you? That's, that's no, not no, true. No. Sangria. <laughs> Winding me up. Sangria. What do you have? What do you have for Christmas? I mean, what was it? Snowballs. Sherry. Sherry. Yeah, 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 yeah my wife has snowballs. Yeah. Not gonna. Not gonna. Not gonna uh, go there. <laughs> Romero penalty or no penalty? Oh, handball. I thought the, the last uh, one. Um, right. So again, the referee going to the monitor and looking at it, seeing it with his own eyes and awarding the penalty, okay. I just, I what I, what I don't like, honestly, about uh, the penalty award there, I think Romero was, it, it, it was last ditch, okay, is a good defender, Romero, mm. reckless at times. Pretty bad day yesterday. But, yeah. but he, was, he was trying to block the shot from Ben White. And naturally, if you're doing that, he can't think in that moment about putting his hands behind the, you know, his back. Mm. He's thinking about doing his job properly. And he went down a little bit and his arm came up in the, in the motion as he was doing that. And the distance, the ball travels, that's one of the, the, the criteria. The position of the arm was another bit of the criteria. But that's, that's harsh, isn't it? In that moment Martin, and the, the Ma- ball. Martin Keown in the verdict this morning says definite, definite penalty. Yeah, but Martin Keown, Martin Keown, well, Martin Keown and his Arsenal bias would lead him to say that. It's always a Hang penalty on, for Arsenal. Right. So since in last five minutes on this show, you've accused referees have been biased against but, Anthony Gordon. Well, Ke- I mean, yeah, yeah, now Keown, you like Ke- Keown's an Arsenal. It's just a, an Arsenal sycophant. You're libeling people left, right, and centre on this show this morning. It's take the lawyer. It's going to take the lawyers hours to go through this show. Um, right. Okay. Well, I think we kind of work, get to the end of that and work out that I'm. I think referees could have done slightly better over this weekend. And mm-hmm. um, Stephen Atherton on YouTube left us a very long comment, which I'll just um, praisey. The referees have for too long been held as held as holier than thou. They are overpaid narcissists. 
who have not actually played the game to any significant level. Well, there you go. He's liable. What, what, what difference does that make about playing the game? To yeah, I don't, I don't. I never. It's not an argument that I have any faith in. I must admit. I don't think it's anything to do with that. This whole argument about ex-players being referees is is nonsense, as far as, far as I'm concerned. Moments of the week, moments of the weekend, which was yours? Um, my moment of the weekend, I, we've got a little group chat, haven't we? I put it on that group chat. When Newcastle went 7-0 uh, up, Jason Tyndall gave, I can't remember which Newcastle player it was, a, a piece of paper to take <laughs> onto the bridge. What did it say? Why would he do that? What, get another one? Maybe. I mean, what? What? Maybe, what? maybe it goes back to where we started this podcast with you talking about your refereeing experiences. When it gets to seven or eight, you just kind of, you just kind of call it off. Maybe, maybe he's just saying, "Take it easy now." Like, yeah. you know, Alex Ferguson used to claim and and did claim on a few occasions that when the, you know, if United had beaten a, a rival comfortably. Fergie would often come in after us and claim that he told his players to take it easy, take it easy. And I mean, you know, does that fit with any part of that man's nature that we know? I don't think it does. But I, I do wonder if Tyndall was maybe just thinking, well, you know, th this afternoon hasn't been about me. It hasn't been about me very, hasn't been about me very much. Uh, I need to get out there. And it's worked because now right. you're, you know, now, uh, now we're talking about it. Just, just on that very, very quickly. Yeah. I mean, so even if you're changing formation, what happened just telling someone. Oh yeah, I, I know. I, I, I absolutely, I know. I mean, the, the bits of paper, well, the bits of paper thing, the i, you know, the iPads. I mean, yeah. I don't know about you, but if if I if I was a player, I'd probably want my instructions to be quite simple. And when sometimes, yeah, I can imagine that. Some, yeah. yeah, sometimes when I sometimes when I see players sitting on a on the bench preparing to come on and they've got a coach next to them and they've got the iPad out and I'm just thinking you're just confusing that player just say to him go on at right back go on at right back and just no, look at that, look after the is, look after the left winger that's a total lack of knowledge from you that's set plays isn't it right Mike I've got two moments I've got two, two moments of of the week I think my first one we've you know we've why done, do you ask me you say what's your moment of the week and then mm. you you always come back with two or three because I can. Um, so we've had a bit, quite a bit of Everton talk, haven't we? Um, negative Everton talk. They won um, uh, on Saturday. Come on, get my get my my days yeah. confused. They won. They won on Saturday. Dominic Calvin Lewin's Dominic Calvert Lewin's goal. He's had a bit of stick. He's an awful lot of injury problems. It was lovely to see him score. He's a really terrific lad, and I hope he stays fit and goes on to score a few more. But my real moment of the week was Burnley sending their goalkeeper up for a corner in the last minute, seeking an equaliser against Manchester United and then playing the, playing the corner short. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> like, like, yeah. It's like Vincent Company. Look, I know you want to play this lovely football. We love it. But there is a time. Just stick it in the box, son. Just stick it in the box, especially but, if your goalkeepers yeah, come all the but way up what, there. What if that was all part of the plan and the goalkeeper was up as a decoy? Well, if it was, it was a plan that didn't work. Um, and I think we will end uh, that one here. Thanks, Chris. That was a very fun half an hour. Um, worth coming back from Madrid for. Um, thank you for listening. Um, was it? And for those, for, I think so. For those of you uh, watching on YouTube, thanks very much uh, for that. Please remember to subscribe and um, leave comments, leave a review. It's important to us. Any questions that you've got, please, please send them in. We would love to hear them. Um, and remember, for all your breaking sports news, please go to Mail Online. Remember to download and subscribe to the Mail Plus app. On Thursday, Chris and I will be getting together again 
on Zoom to do our It's All Coming Up preview show. But most importantly, we'll be here in these seats again this time next week. I'm Ian Lederman, this chap is Chris Sutton, and this is It's All Kicking Off. Thank you.